Welcome to the Inventory Nation podcast, a show designed to bring you the incredible voices and stories of veterinary professionals coast to coast, all while helping you to manage and control your inventory. I'm your host, Nicole Clausen, coach, advisor, and champion for veterinary teams and their inventory. Joining you live from the mountains of Montana, welcome to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Inventory Nation podcast. I'm so excited to have you joining us today. Recently, I've got a lot of questions from practice managers and inventory managers that want to dig in further into creating an inventory strategy. So I've completed and compiled a huge free PDF just for you. You can download the roadmap to inventory success at vetlogic.co slash inventory dash pathway. So let's jump right into today's episode. I'm so excited to introduce you to Jennifer Potts today. Jennifer is the hospital manager at Chimney Hills Animal Hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She has been the manager there for almost eight years. Jennifer came from a background in emergency medicine and has been in the veterinary field since 2003 and an RVT since 2010. She's also currently working towards her CVPM with the goal to test in November of 2021. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Absolutely. So tell us your story. How did you get started in vet med? What led you to become a manager? Yeah. So I've always had an interest in science and math. Uh, So growing up, I kind of focused on that in junior high, high school. Uh, While I was in high school as part of the National Honor Society, and we had requirements to do volunteer work. So I decided to volunteer at the Humane Society um, because I, you know, everybody loves dogs, loves cats. So just kind of started there and fell in love not only with, you know, working with the animals, but being able to kind of shadow the veterinarians and see the medicine side of it and just kind of fell in love with the medical aspect of it. Um, So I kind of knew early on that veterinary medicine is where I wanted to be. Um, ended up getting my bachelor's degree in zoology from Oklahoma State. Um, and while I was doing that, I actually worked at the teaching hospital at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Following around, um, I did mostly small animal caretaker duties, but they kind of trained me as an assistant as well. And while I was there, I realized that the technicians were the ones that got to do all the hands-on stuff, more of the day-to-day tasks and the fun work, so to speak. So after I got my bachelor's degree, I went to a community college and did the associate program in veterinary technology. And the rest from there is kind of history. Once I graduated, I immediately jumped into emergency medicine. Absolutely loved it. Did that for about five years and just kind of honestly stumbled upon this management job I'm in now. Um, One of the doctors that I worked with at the emergency center here in Tulsa uh, did relief work at the hospital I'm currently working at. And she told me that the manager had put in their notice and they were looking for somebody and she thought I would be a great fit for that job. So I applied and it only took about three days from the day that I applied to the day that they hired me. (laughs) Um, And I've been there ever since. (laughs) So it's, it's definitely been a little bit of a whirlwind. Uh, This was my first full blown management experience. Um, Mm -hmm. 
but it's it's been a growth and learning experience for me. And I I feel like I've come leaps and bounds in the last eight years. And this is where my heart's at. I, I still get to jump in and do the medical stuff on the floor. Um, but I also get to kind of work with the numbers and the math of the hospital, which, you know, I also enjoy. And I'm a little bit of a spreadsheet nerd. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a best of both worlds for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're definitely in good company with the spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> so that is so cool. I love hearing your journey. And it seems like you've come so far. And yeah. just the amount you've grown is just incredible. So how cool is that? So let's kind of talk about, um, you know, the inventory management piece, you said that your, you know, your role, your current role as a manager was kind of the only management role that you've had. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So with that, when you kind of took over that management role, is that when you started managing the inventory or how did that piece come into play? It, it officially was. Um, one of the emergency centers I worked in before, I was kind of in charge of keeping up with the needs list, um, but I didn't do any of the ordering, no counting, anything like that. I was just kind of one of my daily duties to go through and figure out what we needed, what we were running low on and make a list and give that to the manager. Uh, so I had a little bit of an understanding of how inventory worked. But I wasn't fully involved until I got into this job. Um, and uh, to be honest, it was a total nightmare <laughs> when, it now when I started there. Um, but that was actually my first big project on the job um, at this new clinic was getting inventory under control and, and kind of getting it set up a little bit better and, and running smoother. Sure. So I love, okay. So this might sound kind of weird, but I love <laughs> coming into like a hot mess because there's so much potential and opportunity. So tell me back when you kind of took it over, were you excited? Were you nervous? Like, what was that like? Uh, I was very nervous. Um, the owner of the hospital at the time was very focused on metrics and numbers, um, which again, you know, I really enjoy. Uh, but it was all about trying to get things under control and down to a certain dollar point. So I had a lot of pressure on me to make things better. So I was very nervous. And there was nothing, absolutely nothing set up for inventory when I went in. So it was a little daunting at the same time. So some nerves there, a little bit of stress trying to make sure I had everything perfect and running and a definite struggle <laughs> to get everything, <laughs> everything where it is now. <laughs> yeah, there is a little bit of an element of being on that struggle bus, I think, yeah. when it first happens. <laughs> so now that you kind of manage inventory now, do you love it? Or do you just kind of like, eh, this is what I have to do, so I do it? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say I absolutely love it, but I don't hate it either. Um, it's still, you know, a little bit of a struggle every day. Uh, if I've, somebody doesn't put something in the computer properly or, you know, inventory doesn't get taken out of our software exactly like it should. So there's always struggles, even when you've yeah. got a seamlessly running inventory system. I do enjoy it, um, but it's not like the most favorite thing of my job that sure. I have. I do enjoy inventory. So, yeah. Well, that's definitely better than hating it, I suppose. 
<laughs> so um, take me back to kind of when you were first setting up your inventory system and getting everything control. What was your kind of process that you went through and what were kind of some of those steps? Uh, so at the time we had Avamark for our practice management software. So my first big thing um, was inventory related, but not necessarily inventory specific. It was going in and getting codes cleaned up, um, tying procedures to inventory items the way that they should be in order to be able to track in the future uh, and just making sure we didn't have duplicate codes. So somebody put in one and it pulls from that inventory or, you know, puts in a different one that's the exact same thing. So cleaning up the practice management software was the first big step. Um, and that took me months to do. Um, yeah. I, I would venture to say probably my first year on the job was spent cleaning up the management software. Um, from there, it was then doing full inventory counts on everything in the hospital um, and getting those numbers in the system corrected and, and set up properly. Um, and then trying without, you know, previous numbers versus current numbers, trying to figure out how to get reorder points managed and making sure that I knew when I needed to order, figuring out exactly how the practice management software worked in regards to inventory uh, and getting everything set up properly. So I could just go in, print a report, you know, however often I wanted to order, um, order those things and be good until my next order point. Um, it probably, in all honesty, took me about two years to get everything set up um, properly and running smoothly. Yeah, it's definitely a big time investment for sure. Yeah. And so you mentioned that you were using Avamark. Are you <laughs> still using Avamark or... So about a year and a half ago now, we actually switched over to Evet Practice. Um, we had continual problems with our server and we were getting to a point where we were going to have to replace the server. And so we started looking into options and uh, um, my practice owner and I are very technological people. And so we really wanted something cloud-based. Uh, mm -hmm. And so we looked at our options and Evet really seemed to be um, the best one for our clinic. Uh, and so now we use Evet and it runs pretty smooth too with the inventory. So it's it's been great for that. That's awesome. How was the transition between kind of like migrating that data from using Avomark um, to Evet? What was that transition like? Um, thankfully, we did it around the time I do my normal yearly inventory counts. Uh, so we transitioned middle of October. It was a little bit of a struggle at first because they pulled numbers and everything over um, a month prior uh, to us actually going live with the software. Uh, so I had to go in and uh, we went live on a Monday. So on Sunday, I went in and updated all the inventory numbers in EVET. Um, and then we just kind of rolled for the next couple of months with that until I got around to doing my yearly inventory counts. And thankfully things weren't like hugely off, but there were multiple things that I had to correct and, and fix and kind of get back up and running properly. And just kind of going through all the hiccups and figuring out, you know, is this linked properly? What's the best way to put this in, you know, a package or a group? So it pulls what I need for it to pull out of inventory. And so there were a few bumps in the road, but nothing like the initial setup. It only took me two or three months to get everything straightened out and cleaned up and fixed. So it wasn't horrible at all, honestly. 
Yeah, it sounds pretty smooth. And I think, honestly, I think that's really a testament to your inventory that you had set <laughs> set up previously, because I think if you didn't have such a smooth, well-running system, I think the transition much would have been much harder. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, <laughs> I definitely think that's a testament to you for sure. So kudos on that. Thank you. Um, so um, how does your inventory function now? So kind of like walk me through your process and w- what that looks like when you're going to place your order. Uh, so I have all my reorder points set up in Evet. Um, I usually will try to order. I know it, it seems like a lot for some people, but we're such a small clinic. I usually try to order once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have my reorder points set up with my lead time and everything. Um, and then I've had to adjust those with shipping issues this year. Uh, but with those reorder points, I just go in and I print off that report um, and I order you know, I use Betco for most of my ordering. I order through there. Um, it's really nice because uh, we have Covetris for a lot of our stuff and that integrates with Evet really well. So I don't have to create purchase orders for that one, but I go oh, in, wow. once I order, I create my purchase orders uh, for all the other stuff that doesn't get integrated um, exactly. And then when stuff comes in, um, usually my front desk staff, uh, my customer service reps, they will go in, unpack everything, mark the expiration dates and lot numbers on the invoices, uh, mark that on the bottles, they put stuff away, and then they bring me those invoices. Uh, and I just uh, receive it from there. Um, as pricing and stuff goes up, I have it you know, automatically marked to increase the prices to the client based off of a markup. Uh, everything runs really smooth in that aspect. So it's been having those reorder points um, has been a lifesaver from where we first started. I don't yeah. have to go through the clinic, you know, multiple times a week and see what are we getting low on, you know, where's everything at. Uh, and then my technicians are amazing at keeping up with white goods and, and the stuff that it's a lot harder to track. Um, and they go through once a week and kind of give me a list of the stuff that we're running low on. So it, it goes pretty smooth now. Yeah, it sounds like a very smooth process. So with your um, hospital goods or hospital supplies and white goods, do you, so your technician team, they kind of go through and determine what, you know, is needed or do you use reorder tags for some or you kind of use a combination uh, we actually don't use reorder tags on much of anything. Um, they're, they know um, when we're getting low on certain things and what the order point is. And again, like I said, I've got a small team, so it's it's very easy to keep under control. Um, like gauze, for instance, they know when we're down to like three or four packs to put it on the board. Um, the same with like our fluid bags when they open the last box, put it on the board. Uh, I order, you know, like IV lines and that stuff. And I actually track fluids and IV lines catheters, all of that. And it works pretty well. So the only thing that we really depend on the technicians for are like our syringes, gauze, mm-hmm. tape, those things that you just, there's almost no way to track um, without yeah. having somebody going in and taking it out of inventory when they open a new box and that gets daunting. So though those few things that are almost impossible to track, they're really good at keeping up with and keeping me informed on. That's awesome. It sounds like you've really um, cultivated such an amazing inventory strategy, but as well as such a great um, culture for your practice and just a team that really supports each other. So I absolutely love hearing that. Yeah, culture is kind of one of my passions, a different topic, but that's one of my passions in veterinary medicine is the culture aspect of the practice and the team environment. 
Totally. I feel like culture just, when you have a bad culture, it just affects everything. And then when you have, a, you know, on the flip side, when you have a really like smooth, great, productive, healthy culture, it just makes a world of difference. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's such a game changer. <laughs> it, really is. It, it is. It is. It definitely is. Yeah. So, sorry, we're gonna gonna get off track for just a second. But <laughs> when you kind of like took over at the um, and started becoming a manager, did you have to do a lot of work to kind of improve the culture, or was it already kind of in a good place? Uh, there was a lot of work to improve the culture. Um, we Right now we have 16 employees, again, very small. When I started, there were only five of us. Um, I actually did a lot of technician work um, in conjunction with my management, and I even had to, you know, be a CSR uh, at least a day a week or, you know, more often depending. Um, but the culture was not great. Um, we had people that, you know, if they weren't specifically assigned a task, they weren't going to do it. If it wasn't on their list, of things to do. They weren't responsible for it. Um, you know, call out sick, you know, nobody's willing to step in or help. And, and so it just, it wasn't great to begin with. And it took a while. We finally started kind of getting rid of the bad eggs, so to speak, and, and bringing in people who either were very new to the profession and training them um, or kind of sitting them down and be like, this may be how things have been in other practices, but this is how we operate. Um, it took me a while to get things set up. Um, I did a lot of research on how to create culture, a good culture, uh, and kind of developed our core values to start with. And then that's how we hired people like these are our core values what are yours mm -hmm. and how do they align with ours um if they were completely off track from each other i mean it was like i'm sorry you're not a good fit um we're going to move on to the next candidate and as we continued to do that it took a while to find people that had those same core values we did uh, but once we got those people into the practice things started changing um and so much for the better it actually helped us become more profitable profitable as a practice because everybody was willing to step up and help each other. We could get things done a lot faster, um, bring more business in because we could, you know, get through our appointments faster when people are helping and not just relying on one person to do things. And mm -hmm. so it's been a bonus for the practice in general. Uh, not only that, uh, like so now we've actually grown. We have 16 employees. We've added a doctor. I have six registered techs now instead of the two that we started with. Um, I've got a team of three CSRs. Uh, we even added a groomer and boarding staff that we didn't have before. Uh, and everybody works so well together. Uh, and they come into it knowing this is what we expect out of you. If you know, if this isn't what you want, then this just isn't the fit for you or for us. Uh, yeah. So it's just kind of starting from the beginning with your new hires and saying, this is what we expect. This is our culture. Um, if you're on board, you're on board and everybody's going to treat you the same way we expect you to treat everybody else. And it works great for us. Um, I have an open door policy and people use it and I love it because they'll come into me um, and talk to me if they're having an issue with somebody else, which honestly doesn't arise very often, um, or if they're just having personal issues and they need somebody to talk to, you know, and, and I think that helps uh, kind of 
cultivate a good culture as well. Just having somebody they can talk to and, you know, come in and be like, Hey, I made a mistake. I did this. Uh, or I sent the wrong size of medication out the door. Um, you know, what can I do to fix it? Or what do you need me to do? Or how can I help? Um, it's not like, Oh, I sent that out. I'm just not going to say anything. They feel like it's safe for them to come tell me when they've messed something up. And I try to make sure I praise them as often as possible when they do something right. Uh, so I kind of have like these little cards I keep in my desk that I'll write little notes to them and stick them in their lockers throughout the week or, you know, when I see them go above and beyond or something along those lines. So it's it's kind of a back and forth. They keep me in check. I keep them in check. We all keep each other in check and everybody works amazingly well together. So it's been wonderful. It really sounds like that. I think there's like so many things here that I want to touch on. <laughs> but I think hiring, a, you know, and figuring out, truly figuring out what the core values are. Because if it's like, okay, if you, if one of your core values is like radical care, like, you know, just radical customer service, and you have somebody who's like, shmer, shmer, that's not super important to me. Like, yeah. you can't teach values, you know, like, yeah. that's like, you know, that's, we got to like start from like the roots of the, yes. of the foundation of things. Yep, absolutely. Also, your practice sounds amazing. I'm going to come work for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, we have, because we actually have a tech school in town with us. Mm -hmm. um, we have technicians constantly asking if we're hiring. <laughs> so the word gets out. If you've got a good culture, um, it's a very small community and the word gets out. Yeah. Uh, I've got like a waiting list of technicians that, you know, if a spot opens up or somebody leaves, I've actually got a technician that's moving it's breaking my heart um if she's going to be moving in march or april because her um boyfriend uh, hopefully soon to be fiance um is in medical school and he's getting ready to do his residencies and there's not anything around here so we know she's leaving us um but uh, i've got i've already got people lined up to fill the position it's not something you know i have to put out an ad and wait for months in hopes that somebody will see it, uh, having that culture um, built and, you know, because technicians among clinics talk, they talk about mm -hmm. what their work environment's like, what their managers are like, what their owners are like. And, you know, they've talked enough that people are waiting for a job to open up with us. So I, I actually, I, I don't um, boast on myself very often, but that is one thing I like to pat myself on the back for. <laughs> uh, is that, you know, technicians are not difficult for me to find and I'm very lucky and I know I'm very lucky in that aspect. So I see people yeah. struggling all the time with it, so. I I am willing to say it's not luck. It's all the work and dedication and commitment yeah. that you put in. So yeah. I'm going to say it's probably not luck. Yeah, I also, I have a wonderful practice owner too, and he is fully on board with the changes I make and, and helping keep that culture in place too. So we definitely as a team have built the culture and are, you know, together making it a wonderful place to work. So Yeah. It really sounds like that. And, you know, going back to what you said about the safety, um, you know, of just saying like, hey, I made a mistake. What can I do? I think that speaks volumes to have like that kind of culture where people can admit mistakes, but then say, what do I need to do to fix this? How can we make sure this doesn't happen again? Uh, rather than just pushing it under the rug and hoping yeah. no one finds out. Yeah. So... It's amazing. So I have, for all the listeners, I've kind of had the pleasure of getting to know Jennifer this year and just chatting with her. And, um, 
So one of the things that I know that you're really passionate about is like data and analytics and benchmarks and all that kind of <laughs> amazing stuff when it comes to being a manager. So yeah. tell me kind of like how and where you use data. It doesn't necessarily need to be inventory specific, but just kind of talk to me a little bit about that. Um, so we, as a practice, um, follow open book management. Uh, and I think for people that don't know what that is, that basically means we share all of our financials with all of the employees. The only thing we don't share is what each other makes um, as far as their salary. Uh, but everything else is open for analysis, open for questions. Um, and we try, it's been a little bit harder with COVID because uh, we're so busy, but we try at least once a month to sit down and go over what our monthly numbers are, where we are at for the year, um, what the percentages are for uh, our compensation, direct cost, indirect cost, where we're at with our bottom line. Uh, and all of our employees know what our goals are. Um, and so it kind of helps because they know where we stand. They know where they can help to save money or help to produce more money. Um, and it creates buy-in. Um, they also know because we bonus off of our gross. Like if we hit a certain percentage of growth over the month, we bonus on that growth. Uh, and so keeping our employees up to date and our team members up to date with how we're doing gives them motivation to do better. Um, one, because they they know they're going to get a bonus uh, too, because it, it kind of helps them understand where, you know, when we come in and we're like, okay, guys, we need to focus on trying to do better with um, getting client emails uh, and then explaining to them, we use these client emails to send out emails for our online pharmacy, or if we're bringing in a new product, or if we're going to run some kind of special, um, our recall emails, things like that, that bring money into the clinic. Uh, they understand and they understand how that impacts the clinic. So that's how we use a lot of our data that we pull um, is just to kind of help get our employees on board. Um, obviously, uh, my practice owner and I will sit down and we go over our P&Ls probably weekly, if you know, at, at least monthly, um, and see where we feel like we can improve, where we're spending too much money, where we're not spending enough money, move things around if we can. Uh, and so we, we really try to focus on that data to help make the business better. Uh, in regards to inventory, um, and it's kind of funny because I am still in the process of finishing up my new reorder points for the year. We added our third doctor in the middle of the year. So I've definitely got to get those updated. Um, but I'm, I'm updating all of my inventory metrics, my turnover rates, my reorder points, uh, my daily average on the shelf and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and I try to do that at least once a year to make sure everything's staying in check with where we want to be as a practice. Uh, and I love my spreadsheets. I've got so many of them uh, <laughs> dedicated to inventory. It's not even funny, um, but they are so helpful to, you know, make all those calculations and everything for me. So yeah, the, the data is definitely a big basis of getting the business to run better and helping the employees understand how we function as a business. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really hard to make decisions with without that data, you know, mm -hmm. and because it's kind of like, you know, I feel like you're like, oh, I'm kind of roping in the wind here, hoping it works out for the best. When you have that data, it's like, oh, this is actually what's happening. We can test it. We can see the results. We can be like, oh, well, that didn't work out so great. Or <laughs> wow, that was a huge success, you know, so I feel like without that data, without that information, it's hard. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, I've worked in practices that have been both open book and I feel like in that have been closed book. And I feel like as an employee, I was so much more motivated when it was open book because I understood and I know what was going on and I could see like the impact of my efforts. Mm-hmm. And so I personally like as an employee, much preferred the open book style, I think over having like the closed book style, because it's like, you kind of see half the picture, you know, you're putting in all this work, but it's like, you know, is it work? Is it worth it? Like, am I, you know, making a difference, basically? Yeah, it definitely motivates the employees, I feel to to know how things are running and, and where the money's going and where it's coming in from. And, you know, what areas of the hospital we could potentially increase and bring more income in or where we can cut costs and things like that. So it's definitely a team effort. And I can show them, hey, look, this is what we've been doing. And here's the result. These are the numbers a month ago, you guys, when you implemented this change, and these are the numbers now look at how they've improved. You guys are doing fantastic keep up the good work type of thing. So it's definitely a great motivator. Yeah, I can imagine. So when you kind of first started managing inventory, and then kind of reflecting back, is there anything you wish you would have known or learned sooner when you first started? Um, definitely, there's a lot the calculations, um, the things I just mentioned our turnover reorder points, all of that. I didn't know anything about any of that. Um, there is a manager at another hospital here in the same town that kind of took me under her wing, gave me all those calculations and, and helped me get things in order. Um, and having all of that stuff on hand now makes a massive difference. Knowing what I'm looking for, knowing what I need to expect on a day-to-day basis, uh, knowing how to order, uh, and really just having the understanding of how the practice management software works to help facilitate a smoother transition with your inventory. Um, I can't imagine at this point not having a practice management software that doesn't have an inventory management module to it. I think I would probably cry if I didn't (laughs) have one uh, because it just makes things so much easier. Uh, And this is actually the first hospital I've ever worked in that has used that module in the software. So uh, it's definitely a game changer knowing how to fully utilize the software. Uh, to to help facilitate inventory. Totally. And I'm like, and I think most, you know, most practice management systems, they aren't perfect mm-hmm. um, when it comes to managing inventory, but there is a lot of really great features that do make such a significant difference. And then you aren't having to like shake every single bottle in the whole <laughs> practice. To see yeah. Any order. Yeah. You know, we can get away from the shaking the bottle thing. Um, <laughs> so do you have any advice for either newer inventory managers or newer practice managers? Yeah, um, for inventory, take it slow. Don't try to jump in both feet, you know, into the depths of inventory and try to get it all under control in a very short time. Um, understand it's going to take potentially years, depending on how out of whack the inventory is or how off everything is, it could take a year or more to get your inventory to a place where it runs smoothly. Um, Mm -hmm. That is definitely something I feel like most people new to inventory management don't understand. They get stressed and get discouraged and, you know, just kind of give up sometimes I feel. So going into it, understanding it's not going to be an overnight process um, or even a few months of a process. It's going to take some time as a 
big thing to understand. Uh, the second would be figuring out how your practice management inventory works. Um, figure, dive into the help manuals, customer service, you know, whatever um, you've got available to you to help with learning your practice management software. And then the final thing is brushing up on those calculations, figuring out how you can use the numbers, the data in your practice management software uh, to eventually help you create those things, the turnover rates, the reorder points, the lead time um, to one, make it to where you don't have to order as often because you know that's costly. Um, and two, to help make inventory run a lot smoother. And so when you do have to order, it goes much faster than having to walk around the entire practice and check everything on the shelves and <laughs> pull out all the drawers and make sure that you're not low on something. And then of course, you're always going to miss something and forget. And so you have to do like a special order and try to get it there quicker. So just being able to understand how the practice management software works, knowing that it's not going to be an overnight thing and being able to use those metrics and calculations to your benefit to get your inventory where it needs to be are kind of the biggest tips I have. Absolutely. That is such great advice. So I'm sure all of the listeners appreciate that. Um, so Jennifer, thank you so much for spending your time with us today. It was truly a pleasure. And I loved hearing about all the incredible things that you have done with your practice. And I think you should take a moment to just like reflect on how awesome you are, basically. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I had one of my uh, drug reps the other day say something to me. Um, the Andy Rourke Vet Tech Week that he did this year, where he was displaying some of his some of the vet techs uh, in in the nation um, on how they help their clients and patients. I was actually featured in one of those posts. And uh, so one of my drug reps came in. He brought in an article to me, and he was like, "Look, this is an article about." Um, honoring your vet techs as the superheroes that they are. He's like, I think you would really appreciate this, you know, especially after your feature and knowing how badass of a manager you are. And I'm just like, you know, I, I'm not able to take compliments very well. I've never been able to. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. You don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, after I go back to my office to sit down and start to think about it, I'm like, you know, I really have created something great here, something to be proud of. Uh, and I know if I ever have to leave that I have got something in place that somebody else can come in and hopefully continue to make it a better, you know, a better situation for technicians because it's not an easy job. And it's, you know, it's it's definitely can be depressing and anxious at times. But knowing that we have each other's backs uh, during those harder times, I think is a really good thing. Yeah, it's everything, I think, you know, having that support in that community. I know, I think it just like side note, I think in vet med, sometimes we struggle with patting ourselves on the back, but I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> we need to like take those small wins or big ones and really kind of uh, take those. So, well, thank you so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. And it was such a pleasure. Of course, I had fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inventory Nation podcast and spending your time with me. I know your time is valuable and in short supply, so it truly is an honor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. Be sure to visit vetlogic.co slash podcast to access the show notes and discover additional links and resources. See you next time.